have you ever been told you can't eat that? As somebody living with type 1 diabetes, I know that I have. In fact, I was told by my doctor on diagnosis day I could never have carbs or sugar of any kind ever again and I would probably die early. <laughs> Thanks, Doc. Uh, I appreciate the encouragement, right? Now, today we're going to be talking about what you should eat as somebody living with type 1 diabetes. And at the end, I'm going to ask you a question that I think a lot of you are going to have some fun with. So, let's get to our theme song. I've spent the last 10 years pushing the limits while identifying trends and patterns in my type 1 diabetes management. Follow along as I learn, apply, and share the fitness, nutrition, and lifestyle strategies that I've learned from diabetes experts around the world. The real question is, how can we live fearlessly with diabetes while maintaining stable blood sugars? This podcast is here to give you the answer. My name is Matt Vandevecht, head coach and co-founder of FTF Warrior, and welcome to Part of My Pancreas. All right, so like I mentioned, this is something I put together quick, and if you're not watching this on YouTube, you're listening maybe on Spotify or Apple or anything, that kind of stuff, highly suggest you jump over to YouTube, type in the same title of this episode with FTF Warrior, find it and watch it on YouTube because we've got a graph to show you. Now, what I mentioned earlier, my initial doctor on diagnosis day telling me I could never have sugar of any kind ever again was completely false, and anyone who tells you differently is wrong, okay? Now, not to say that there isn't some truth in that, okay? I couldn't have sugar ever again if I didn't take insulin, right? That is true, technically, but he misled me, unfortunately. And for years, I was, I didn't know what I was doing. Let's just keep it there. But what today I wanna to talk to you about is what to eat as someone living with type one diabetes, or as I put there, as a type one diabetic, as I am, somebody who's been living with type one for about 12 years now. I am a certified master fitness trainer and nutritionist, and I coach other people with type one on how to live their best lives with great blood sugar. So today talking about nutrition specifically and how you can maximize it for your goals, which is why number one is our goals. What should you eat? Well, first you gotta ask, what are your goals? All right, so first here, as you can tell, I abbreviate a lot of the stuff. Can't have you getting ahead of me and figuring out the whole flowchart before I get there to explain it. So, uh, goals. Now these are general goals. There's probably some other goals out there that I didn't cover, but what are your goals? Now BS, blood sugar. You probably figured that one out already. Weight loss is the second one, WL. So a lot of people that come into our programs want one or the other. They want better blood sugars, or they want weight loss, or they want a combination of the two. Okay, sometimes there are people like myself who are looking for weight gain, but that's a lot more rare. Now, whoops, with these two goals, we've got different strategies that we're gonna have to implement, right? If you're looking for weight loss, and you've already got stellar blood sugars, then this is a matter of calories in versus calories out, trying to optimize your metabolism, make sure that you're still burning calories, right? Uh, that we're not starving ourselves. That's a huge component to the weight loss journey. Oftentimes people go on to diets of rabbit food and they eat nothing but salad and carrots and it's depressing and also ruining your results. I wanted to throw that one in there just to give you a little heads up that weight loss is not as simple as not eating. Okay, you can still eat good foods. In fact, you can eat great foods and still see weight loss success. You just gotta do it the right way, okay? So first off, if it's weight loss, blood sugars are covered, we're just looking at calories, optimizing your metabolism, and finding a strategy that's gonna work for you long-term. Because weight loss over the period of two weeks that you just gained back in the next two weeks is useless. We're looking for weight loss permanently, right? Now, blood sugars, that's a different story. 
blood sugar optimization, uh, isolating how to stabilize your blood sugars and predict where your blood sugars are gonna go is a bit of a complicated journey if you don't know what you're doing. And it can be quite dangerous as well. Experimenting with your medication. Insulin levels, do I take more, do I take less? Oh no, I went low at three o'clock in the morning and then I ate the whole fridge and I woke up high. You see how this can get out of hand and lead you to what we call the blood sugar roller coaster, right? So what we're looking at with blood sugars, if you're solely eating to keep your blood sugar stable, that's easy, okay? <laughs> we're looking at certain diets that restrict food. Now, unfortunately, this is quite common. A lot of type one diabetics are told, like I was, you can't have sugar ever again. So a lot of people go straight to the low carb or the keto routes. And I hate to break it to you, but low carb and keto are not the answer to your type one diabetes. Now I'm gonna make a follow up video because I know I'm gonna get a lot of comments about that, but it is not the answer. Is it an option? Yes, technically. But there are far better options out there that don't force restriction, okay? So if your only goal for eating food is to keep blood sugar stable, like you don't care how food tastes, you don't care about eating out socially, yes, restriction can work, but there's a better way, right? So if we've decided that blood sugars are in fact our goal, but we're not necessarily willing to give up the good stuff just yet, we go further into the flowchart. So whether it's weight loss or blood sugars, we continue on to the type. So next, the type. F stands for fuel. If your sole goal for eating is to fuel your body, to give you enough energy to complete your daily tasks, that's gonna be a lot different than if you want good tasting food, right? And that's the other side of the equation right here. We have cultural foods, we have taste, so good tasting foods, and S we have for social. So if you expect to eat foods with your friends, with your family that might not fall under the restrictive diets that you've placed yourself under, oh boy, we're in for a hard trip, right? It's gonna be difficult to keep blood sugars controlled if you can't follow your one strategy of restricting the foods you're not supposed to eat, apparently, right? Now, you don't have to follow one or the other. You can certainly map out a plan for enjoying cultural foods, foods that taste good, or social events, but if you are somebody who follows food as fuel type of mindset, it does become easier because you look at food differently, right? There are those who eat to live and those who live to eat. Very different lifestyles. And so as a result, we're looking at what type are you? Are you looking for eat to live? Let me think, over there. Eat to live, food is fuel, or live to eat. I have cultural foods, I have the taste that I'm after, uh, I am after the social aspect. Now within taste, a lot of people uh, like to blame their sweet tooth and say, oh, I have a sweet tooth, that's why I keep going for the sugar. No, you don't. Actually, if we're to get into the details of it, Technically, it is your gut microbiome. The bacteria in your gut are causing cravings that make you want more carbohydrates and the more you fuel them. It's a whole different topic we can dive into later, but it's actually not a sweet tooth, even though I know you, it, I know, you know it's not a sweet tooth, but it is actually uh, due to your gut microbiome and the bacteria causing cravings because the bacteria want the sugars. Anyways, I digress. Either way, whether food is fuel or you're going for the good stuff and you want to enjoy social occasions, you build a plan around that Okay, and then this plan is gonna feed into the next one, which is the fullness factor. Now, bouncing back to weight loss, if your goal is to lose weight, you want foods that are gonna fill you up so you don't feel more hungry and go back to more food, right? You want foods that are gonna fill you, uh, make you feel that satiety factor, right? Uh, when you feel satiated, you don't go back to the junk food, the simple sugars, the sodas. When you feel that uh, fullness factor, we'll call it, it enables you to go through your day and not be thinking about food all the time. 
Now, if you're someone who's trying to gain weight, you don't want foods that fill you up because your goal is probably to eat as much food as possible, which means if you're full all the time, you're gonna feel sick and you're gonna get through a similar experience that I had to go through where I was on the floor knowing that I had dosed for an entire pizza and a bag of chips and a pint of ice cream and I was fighting to finish it before I went low. That's not somewhere you wanna be. So don't go for foods that fill you up. But the fullness factor you have to map in. Do I want foods with more fiber that are gonna make me feel more full, more proteins, more fats? Or do I want foods that are dense in those nutrients, dense in carbohydrates, so each bite is more calories per bite and enables me to eat more food before I feel that fullness hitting me, right? Still a bit of a different journey. Now, if you can see it towards the bottom, I think you can. Yes, we have health. Now, this is at the bottom because unfortunately, most people don't consider this as one of their priorities, right? I mean, think about food, especially your favorite foods. Is it really that healthy? Probably not. Mine isn't. I like burritos, okay? <laughs> but eventually you do have to map out the health aspect. Now at the bottom we have MA versus MI. Now, I didn't want you to guess it, but odds are when I say the words, you probably aren't super familiar with them in the first place, so it wouldn't have mattered. We have macronutrients versus micronutrients. And I know I am flying through this, and there's a reason for that. I have a question for you at the end that's going to smooth it all out. Now, macronutrients versus micronutrients, what the heck are those, right? And fun fact, it's actually sprinkled all through this. In fact, all food you've ever consumed has macronutrients and micronutrients. So what is it? A macronutrient is one of three things, a carb or a carbohydrate, a fat or a protein. Carbs, fats, proteins, those are the macronutrients, okay? Big, big nutrients. If you look at micronutrients, okay, and this is where we're getting into the nutritionist side of me, it's fun to talk about. Micronutrients are your vitamins and minerals. Think about vitamin A, vitamin K, uh, iron, magnesium, different types of micronutrients are in the foods that you consume. The healthier the food, oftentimes the more dense in micronutrients, which enables us to live and function as a better being. Okay, so the more nutrients we have in our food, better we feel, better we function. Now the difference between macro and micro is that one of them you take insulin for, the other one, not so much, right? The reason is that with carbohydrates, fats, and proteins, they have a direct impact on your blood sugars, some more than others. Again, different topic we're gonna have to cover in a different video. Carbs have the most direct impact, of course, which is why we have an insulin to carb ratio. Uh, but we're now discovering that proteins and fats also require insulin and can actually lead into variations in your insulin to carb ratios. Again, that's a deep topic. We're, gonna, we're not going to get into that just yet. Uh, but macronutrients require insulin. Micronutrients are best for our optimal selves to function. Okay, It's great for our organs, for our eyesight, for our uh, ability to run longer distances. Like All that great stuff is going to be coming from your vitamins and minerals. So, breaking all of this down, I'm going to say something that I know is not a popular opinion. Your diet that you're currently following, whether you like it or not, is probably wrong in some capacity. Now, you might not be wrong, but you might have been taught wrong. And that's the issue, because the people that are teaching us, we trust, we believe in, we don't know that what they're teaching us is actually locking us into a box. So if you want to break free of the box and enable yourself to enjoy new foods, you will have to try new strategies. You will have to do your own research. You will have to learn, and you're gonna to have to step out, lean over, and try and observe new strategies, see what somebody else is doing in order to find new tactics that you can use to keep your blood sugars controlled 
while enjoying the food that you're eating. Okay, so through this process, you know, we're looking at um, people who get stuck in the first phase, right? Goals, I want blood sugars to cooperate. Type 1 diabetes is tough enough. I'm just going to remove the enjoyment of food entirely and just do whatever it takes to keep my blood sugar stable. Well, that's great at first. You know, I think that when you're newly diagnosed, there certainly is a time and place to remove variables and to, uh, you know, input a little bit of restriction so you can get your, your feet, get your grounding, right? And start taking those baby steps on your own. But eventually, you need to learn how to broaden your horizons with food. You know, being able to go out and eat great food. I'll tell you, last night my wife and I went on a date and, uh, you know, there was wine, there was amazing shrimp tacos, there was chips, there was pretzels, uh, Bavarian pretzels, delicious. We went and got ice cream afterwards. Like, all these great foods don't fit into most of the diets that are restrictive, right? Low carb, keto, paleo, um, I mean, just to name a few, vegan, uh, what's another one? if it fits in your macros, like there's so many different ways of doing this thing. And so many people tell you that's the way to do it. And uh, it's just not true. You don't have to restrict your diet in order to see stable blood sugars. And I'm living proof of that. You know, I didn't used to think that way. But over the years, being able to experiment, research, talk with other medical teams and, uh, you know, medical professionals and identify what are the true gears that shift when we need to focus on to keep our blood sugar stable through different types of meals and unlocking a new flexible approach to keeping blood sugar stable while enjoying the foods you love. Now, what we teach inside of our program, of course, we have a special method that we teach our clients. It's called the Personalized Macronutrient Profile. Now, we talked down here about macronutrients, right? Carbs, fats, proteins. Those are key. If you can understand those three and how they fit into your blood sugar management routines, your strategies, it's going to be a lot easier to get things sorted. Okay, blood sugar is going to make a heck of a lot more sense. But if you do it in the context of what's called the personalized macronutrient profile, it's also going to be a bit more streamlined and automatic. It's the same reason why I can look at my blood sugars three times during the day, breakfast, lunch, and dinner, and not have to worry about, oh, are they going high? Oh, are they going low? What's happening? Because I know they're going to stay stable. But it's because I follow that process, right? So uh, the thing that's unpopular that I know a lot of people are going to give me crap for, low carb is wrong, high carb is wrong, vegan is wrong, vegetarian is wrong, uh, keto is wrong. And I'm saying is wrong in the context of restriction dieting. Now, if you've chosen any of those because you enjoy those foods, more power to you. Go for it. But if we take an honest look at it and think about, am I doing this just so I can achieve stable blood sugars or at least more predictable blood sugars? Maybe I need to take a step back and think about what I actually want to eat. You know, am I feeling full? Is this uh, something I can do for my cultural events, for the good tasting foods, for social events? Um, is it for weight loss or is it for weight gain? Looking down here, the fullness factor. Do I feel good after I finish my meals? Health factor, is it benefiting my health long-term? The macronutrients versus the micronutrients. These are the perspectives that you need to bring into what should you eat as a type one diabetic, okay? It's not a, a one cut and dry, this is the one specific diet. If it were, every diabetic would be following it and they'd be told that by their doctors. But unfortunately, a lot of misinformation out there, a lot of misunderstandings. Even still today, there are medical teams that are recommending certain restrictive diets and you don't have to do that. You don't have to suffer. You're allowed to enjoy food and see stable blood sugars. Now, 
the question that I want to ask you today, since you made it to the end of the video, is I'm going to be doing a series on different types of diets because I've tried most of them myself through my own experimentation, my research phases, and I've, of course, documented the pros and cons of each, as well as my experiences. So what I want to know from you in the comments down below on this video is what diet would you like me to cover next, okay? It could be one that you're currently using. It could be one that you're considering doing. And I want to go through these in uh, a very non-biased approach of here's what I experienced, here's the science behind it, here's what it can do to your blood sugars, and then go from there. Open up this discussion. Let's talk about eating and diabetes, all right? Now, if you found this interesting, this specific process, this is the kind of stuff we teach in our programs. But on top of that, I want you to have more knowledge, more ammo behind your choices that you're making with your diabetes and how to control your blood sugars. So I keep dropping this pen, forget it. If you're looking for more information on how to pick apart what you're eating, understand the carbs, fats, and proteins specifically, as well as how to make diabetes a bit easier for you to manage so you don't have to think about it all the time and you can actually enjoy eating your food, I want you to go check out a free training I did recently over at diabetesinaction.com. All right, so go check that out. All you gotta do is throw your email in there and it registers you for the free video. You go check it out, learn some stuff, take some notes. It's at diabetesinaction.com. Go check that out right now. And of course, if you have not yet, be sure to click subscribe. Uh, you know, be notified of the other videos we put out there because I put these videos out a couple times a week. And it's a lot of fun for me. So uh, drop a comment, check out that training at diabetesinaction.com. Be sure to click subscribe and I'll see you in the next video. Keep up the fight.